Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Toto Football. And today is a really good one because we're talking fantasy football. And I'm here with Harry, aka at FPL underscore Harry. How are you doing today, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Finally, what was a pretty disaster and a rollercoaster game week for a lot of us has come to an end. So a little bit, the dust is settling on it and we can look hopefully forward to a better week next week because this week and the midweek before that as well, both of them were pretty rough for me. Yeah, I know. I feel like a lot of things swung in certain ways, like Salah captain, for example, Trent not playing. Some people wanted to risk him still. Forrest winning. I know a lot of benches this weekend, including mine. Had about 20 or 30 points in it. How many did you have a big bench this week? I only had 18 and that's quite low in comparison to most people. So I had the classic Ward and Andreas pairing. And then I have Gwehi and Matt Doherty as my other two who got one point combined from them. But yeah, Andreas sitting first on my bench with Dominic Slanky playing all of half an hour before getting injured is, is the most painful one, I think, this week. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I luckily have Ward in mind, but I had Ming's Williams and Pereira on my bench so they all just banged but I was saying to my mates it's one of them ones where you if you do your squad selection another 10 times you're still not putting in them bench players because it your starting 11 was so strong and it's just sometimes the luck of fantasy in game week 13 for you who was your player that annoyed you the most that didn't get you any points um I can't really it was probably Zaha for me it's just frustrating owning him now I know actually I look at the rest of my midfield and they haven't done anything for me over the past couple of weeks as well Foden getting the transfer in for me this week and ending up on the bench from Pep again classic FPL this week if you had to write an FPL story of things going horribly wrong it would be everyone buying Trossard in game week 13 him blanking uh sorry him scoring in game week 13 to wipe out City clean sheets whilst Foden gets benched but Zaha I just bought into Palace for a nice run of fixtures and they tend to do this to us. They lure us in with a nice run and a bit of good form against teams that they shouldn't have good form against. And then when the nice fixtures come around, they just don't perform nearly as well as they should. But I kind of look at him and with the upcoming fixtures where they play Southampton and Nottingham Forest between now and the World Cup, I just can't see myself getting rid of him. So I feel like I'm stuck with him. Palaces don't look quite at it at the moment. So he's the real one that I look at along with the slanky injury, but there's not that much I could have done about that one. Yeah, no, as a Palace fan, I actually feel your pain a lot because <laughs> we were excited about this run of fixtures. And yeah, it hasn't really, especially away from home, it hasn't been good at all. And Zaha's actually seeming to be a bit isolated when it comes to fantasy points, so to say. <laughs> but hopefully home game against Southampton, he should he should do some bits. We're doing better at home than away for sure. But, you know, it, it's we'll have to just wait and see on that one. For you, in regards to game week 13, was there anyone there that, was your main talking point, one to focus on them for the future or anything? Yeah, well, in terms of my team, it was uh, Castagna. He got 12 points for me. So clean sheet, um, an assist and three bonus points was was very nice. The one that I'm happy that I brought in a couple of weeks ago, the one that I still don't own that keeps scoring points is Almiron, which I'm trying to see if there's a way I can fit him into my midfield. Five goals in his last five starts as well. He's performing really well. I think all of us have in our mind what Almiron used to be. I'm so happy for him to see him get it, finding this form. He looks like ecstatic every time he scores. Um, The celebrations are great. I just don't have it in me to see it continuing, the amount of goals he's scoring and the way he's scoring goals as well. It's not like he's necessarily scoring goals that you think he can do that every week. Some of them are, you know, low XG chances, which is great. But from an FPL perspective, we have to 
uh, look at it and go, I don't know whether he's going to do that every week. A bit like when Bernardo Silva did it about this point last year, there's going to be a limit to how much he does it, but his ownership and his transfers in are going up and up and I don't have him. I only have new... The only Newcastle player I have is is Trippier, but Almiron just keeps doing it at such a cheap price as well. Yeah, he he is ridiculously cheap, and with so many people stacking up their midfield with maybe five players already, and then you've also got Andreas on the bench. It is actually who do you replace? Do you take a risk maybe and go in for Almiron and replace him? Do you think Foden comes in for Leicester on Saturday? We say this every time when there is a Manchester City benching that, oh, okay, he's been benched, so he will have to start the next game. So for me, I can't see Foden not starting, but I can't see the way Maris and Grealish performed in that game with 13 fixture, that it is enough to keep Foden out, given how well he's played so far this season. So I don't think they work well together as well. I think they're too similar in the way they play Grealish and, and, and Mares. There isn't that sort of piercing runs in behind that Foden adds. It's a lot of trickery in around the box trying to take your man on. So I think Foden benefits them, whether it's in for Mares or in for or Grealish, but I just can't see him staying on the bench for another week. I just, I, I think he's still a great asset. He's probably still the number one midfielder I'd be bringing in despite that benching. Pep does it, but at his price at 8.4. Like he's still got to be the number one midfielder we're buying at the moment. Yeah, no, he's, I've got him in mind. I've had him for a few weeks now and hopefully he uh, gets rested tomorrow, even though it's probably unlikely because he mm. got rested in the Premier League. So again, just one of them ones we have to do. Um, moving on to game week 14, uh, who, what fixtures are you targeting? And have you got any specific players that you think have a really good fixture run coming up? I know we've only got a couple of games left, but you know, yeah, so with the World Cup after game week 16, of course, we kind of only have to focus on the next three weeks. So kind of looking at fixture tickets based on just three weeks alone, it feels like the end of the season almost. Because about the only time you ever look at that and everyone's looking at such a short time frame is when we get to the end of the season. Manchester City do fall second in the fixture ticker really with Leicester, Fulham, Brentford in their next three, which is really nice. Most of us already have a triple up. If you don't, I think they're still up there for me. Um, the other, There are a couple of others that come up there that maybe are less highly owned. Arsenal, most of us have one or two at the moment. I'm looking at Saka, Nottingham Forest at home this week. Forest have been quite good over the past couple, but I do still think they'll get something there. I have an easy route to Saka, um, which I think adding him on top of Martinelli is probably the way to go. Although Chelsea and Wolves away, after that, you'd probably still expect them to, as a Chelsea fan, maybe not quite so hopeful in that fixture. But you probably still expect them to get at least four points from those last two. But maybe it's not as free scoring. The other two that are near the top that, again, less highly owned are Everton and Manchester United. Yeah. Everton, again, 3-0 winners this week against against Palace, both defensively and going forward. Calvert-Lewin being back. If you need a differential up front, I quite like that with Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth. In the next in the next three, and defensively, Mikalenko picked up an assist. He's four point five. They don't look bad. And then Manchester United, Luke Shaw finding a bit of that old Euros form. It seems four point <laughs> yeah, seven, four point seven million for him. And then Rashford or Anthony in midfield could do well. West Ham, Aston Villa, Fulham in their next three before the World Cup. There's a few punts that you can definitely take. I think Everton and Man United, if you do want to go against the template a little bit with some of those fixtures in there. I've got my eye on Marcus Rashford. I'm just not sure I can see him finishing the chances that he is getting at the moment. Oh, mate, so frustrating. I've heard him for about three weeks now. 
And so it's been the disallowed goal against Everton, which arguably yeah. could have stood, which it's not his fault. Then we had the Spurs game where I just feel like he had so many chances and mm-hmm. he just was too rash in how he took them. It was like, I think it was that lack of goals has just made him rush some of his finishing. And then yeah. um, the game on the weekend as well. So it's it's a hard yeah, one, this, isn't it? Yeah, this is the thing with Rashford. It's, it's not like I want to sell him because... Uh, He's not getting chances. He's getting the chances. Yeah. He's just not finishing them, which is, which is, I suppose, what you'd rather see if you owned a player that it's not that they're not involved and they're not getting anything and that's why they're not scoring. It's just he's missing them, which means if he turns his finishing around, which it's debatable whether he, he can or not, there's definitely points in there for him. It's just whether, you know, when Martial comes back, when Ronaldo comes back into being in contention whether Rashford will start all of those final three or whether if Rashford continues to miss chances, he'll, he'll look elsewhere. But if it's going to be him up front, if he's playing up front 6.6 million for those three fixtures, there's definitely worse punts out there. Yeah. And actually I was looking at his stats because he's got West Ham next. He's actually got four goals, four assists. So you'd hope that he's picking up his form again. He, as we said, he is getting them chances. Just got hope. He moves on. What have you thought of Anthony so far? He, he's looked re- he's looked good and he's looked lively. And I think he, he's what Manchester United needed. Someone who's got a lot of fight and a lot of passion about him that previous signings maybe maybe hasn't. He does seem very one-footed as well, which is my concern with them. They have Rashford, who's very one-footed on his right, and Anthony very one-footed on his left. Now, Rashford did it for a period before it became too predictable and defenders knew how to defend against him. Anthony obviously has a cracking left foot, the way he's finished a few chances, particularly that goal against City but if it is that he's all flair and then he'll finish it cutting inside onto his left foot I worry a little bit about how predictable that that could end up making him and Manchester United in general if that is their main goal threat that they've got at the moment but he has looked good he's hit, hit the ground running he seems to be taking to the Premier League quite well but he's just slightly more than Rashford I'm not sure I would just punt on the player playing up front at the moment and probably go for Rashford over Anthony even though Anthony's probably on slightly better form. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's not like Anthony's at the level of Robin yet, where even if he is predictable, he's still going to bang them in. So it no, is definitely exactly. something to think about. Because <laughs> I do think sometimes he gets the shot off when I don't expect him to. I expect it to be blocked. But sometimes you just have these players, you get that extra mm. bit of space, no matter how predictable they are. Long time to go to see if he actually can keep it going. Definitely in the Premier League. Talking on midfield nightmares, really, when we talk about Rashford and that. Um, do you think now it's a bit risky going with five in the middle? Or do you, would you prefer four defenders or three attackers? So actually, my transfer plan this week is to bring in a fifth midfielder. I don't necessarily think it's a bad move to go with um, five midfielders. I, I definitely wouldn't be looking for a four at the back, really. I don't think there's enough defenders out there. I know there have been some clean sheets in recent weeks, but there aren't enough defences that I'm really banking on at the moment to, to have a good run of clean sheets. And looking at the next sort of three fixtures, there aren't teams that I think will definitely keep three, sorry, two clean sheets out of the three, yeah. which is probably what I'd need if I was wanting to play four at the back. Looking up front, there are quite a lot of nice sort of up front options. Again, given that we all have Haaland and then probably everyone has Mitrovic or Harry Kane, it then only leaves one spot. So I do think a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2 works quite well at the moment. Although the midfielders are not performing well the past couple of weeks, I do still think it's where a lot of value lies. Again, they get the extra point for a goal, the extra point for a clean sheet as well. 
and at that sort of eight price, eight million price bracket down to about the six million, there are a lot of options in there who do have the ability to do quite well. And again, a goal straight away becomes an eight pointer for a midfielder, whereas a goal for a forward is is sort of five or six pointers, depending on bonus and things like that. So I, I still think a midfield five is is strong. I suppose the difference is is that bench spot that you have when you play a midfield five versus a front three. A front three, I have the luxury of having Andreas score points on my bench every week it seems like but uh, but if anyone gets injured like Solanke I know next week if worse came to the worst like I could just play Andreas whereas if I played a midfield five I'd either have a forward that doesn't play or I'd have to spend a million to bring in a forward that does play so three four three is probably the best for squad structure but I like a three five two for for balance and the amount of points I think those midfielders can get yeah definitely and talking about your transfer plans I know in the FPL community a lot of people don't really want to bring up their transfer plans at the moment I'm seeing Raptor getting copied quite a bit now, which is it's, it's what he does, though. He, he's good at it. So if you don't mind, do you have one differential transfer you would give to other people? Maybe not one you're putting in your team. And also, who's your captain this week? Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm happy to tell you what my my current transfer plan, not a differential, would be is Andreas up to Saka. I've got three and a half million sat in the bank. Um, I like Andreas a lot, but I just don't need him for the next three weeks and I can bring him back. Um, when we got unlimited transfers and it's just an easy route to go and to go and get Saka in and I can bench Solanke. In terms of differentials, I mentioned probably the two that I'd look at, which is Dominic Calvert-Lewin at Everton, if yeah. I, I needed a forward. If you've got Solanke, you've got Tony, you've got someone like that, you're looking to move out. Those three fixtures that you've got for Everton, he's likely to be on penalties and they look so much better when he plays. And then probably Marcus Rashford, if I wanted to go in midfield as well. So if you need a forward, it's probably Calvert-Lewin in midfield. I'd probably punt on Marcus Rashford and captaincy, although I have most salary in my team. It's the captain is not moving off Haaland unless he doesn't <laughs> yeah. play for me this season. I, I have reached that point with him. There are 50-50 calls, which I've seen people get punished time and time again. It happened to me earlier in the season where it was Nottingham Forest for Haaland versus yeah, yeah. we didn't know if Haaland was going to start and then Salah against someone else. And I went with Salah. Also, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. And I went with Salah. He got two lucky assists in that. So the gap wasn't as big as it could have been but since then every week that people have tried to go against Haaland it's just gone horribly wrong so it's going to be on Haaland for me for the next three weeks and it will probably be on it back when the season starts again I don't think I plan on moving it Um, and I'm not particularly impressed by Liverpool either it's not like they're in good form to want to put it on them as well. Haaland is a machine and we just have to accept that right now Uh, even that Forest game I remember a lot of people didn't captain him because they thought he might have been rested I think it was because it was a midweek. So, yeah, people just get punished. Even the United game, even when he's playing the top six teams, I know the Liverpool one didn't come through, but five out of them six teams he's going to probably bag against. So you just got to take the risk sometimes. Um, yeah, it's it's when we're making statements like, oh, Haaland only scored once this week. And it's just like, <laughs> if the norm for him is scoring more than once, we need to just be accepting that we're going to captain him every week. Like Salah scores, it used to be the point, if your captain scored a goal, you'd be happy with it. We're now at the point, if my captain only scores once, I feel like he could have got more. Like that is the situation we're in. So it's, it's on Haaland. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not moving it off there at all. He's probably a huge reason as to why I feel like FPL is just so hard at the moment. And mm-hmm. I use that live FPL rank and you can just see how close points you are to the 10K sport or whatever. And it's probably still below a hundred if you're in the millions. It's, it's just crazy this year because everyone's captain in Ireland and he's bagging every time. 
Well, exactly. One of the big things that tends to stretch people is that captaincy. And because we've got probably seven players the same as everyone every week, plus your captain, the amount of differentiators in your squad versus the people around you and your mates in your mini league is is so small, which means that everyone is so bunched up this season compared to, to previous ones. So there's no sort of small red or green arrows. Everything is a big swing one way or another. If you've got that one person that did well, you do really well. And if you didn't, then you do really badly because everyone else in your squad is the same and everyone just captains Holland. So there's no way of, of gaining it in that respect as well. So yeah, he's just changed the way we play the game this season. Yeah, he definitely has. And just on that, uh, you talk about differentials. How many do you think players can afford to have? I know this is just an opinion question, but how many differentials do you think players can actually risk having now? Is it only three or four or do you think they can branch out to the five or six? You're probably asking the wrong person because I <laughs> tend to play FPL pretty slowly and quite a boring game. So I have a lot less differentials in my team. I mean, it, it does come down to pick the players you expect to score most points, right? So don't go picking differentials yeah. just because they're less highly owned. So if you've got two players and you think this one's going to score more, but he's owned by 40%, if he's going to score more points, so at the end of the season, it doesn't matter if you've got points from people who were 50% owned or 10% owned. It's just based on how many points you get at the end of the season. To be honest, at the moment, the way things are going and how consistent some of the performers are, I probably wouldn't want more than maybe two big differentials in my starting lineup. Something like in goal, it doesn't really matter at the moment because there aren't many keepers being consistent in terms of their points, apart from Danny Ward, it seems. In defence as well, there's a couple in there. That everyone has like Cancelo, Trippier, the third one is where people are going. But in terms of maybe the front seven that people have, it is looking very similar. I wouldn't want to go maybe. It's that sort of fifth and sixth spot. Everyone's probably got double Man City and Arsenal or two, Mitrovic or Kane. It's the others that you go on. You've really got to use to, to make ground where I've not done very well with them. I've got Solanke and Zaha at the moment who both need putting in the bin at the moment. But yeah, I think I think one or two plus the sort of fringe players in your squad. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's, um, on Danny Ward, I know a lot of people are actually going to have to try and replace him this weekend against Man City. Who do you see as a cheap alternative uh, for Danny Ward? Let's say like 4.6 or 4.5. Yeah, so if you are looking for, for cheap goalkeepers at the moment and you only have that amount of money, Pickford, Pickford's top of the fixture ticker. Again, kept a clean sheet this week. I don't necessarily expect them to keep more than one clean sheet between now and the end of the season. If I had Ward, to be honest... I would either play your other keeper if you have one or just play Ward because I still think the chances are Leicester against Everton and West Ham have as much chance of keeping a clean sheet as Everton do in their in their three games, to be honest. I don't really think a goalkeeper transfer with only three weeks left is really worth it. If you are set on it, I'd probably go Pickford. The other one I like is Kepper at Chelsea, 4.5 oh, yeah. as well. When, we, when we're all on unlimited transfers over the World Cup, Kepper and Danny Ward will be in 75% of the teams I think you see. The Chelsea pictures after after the break are really nice and they actually rotate already really well. They have about two difficult games in their first 10 or something and Leicester have plum fixtures in them, both at home as well. So it looks obvious to be set up that it'll be Kepa and Ward from there and I don't mind it from now as well. Yeah, no, Kepa's definitely earned his place. Jesus, never expected that at the start of the season. No. Just these little things, in it? It's great looking back. Or at the start of the season, saying Almiron's outscoring Salah would never have been a thing. Kepa starting yeah. for the whole of Chelsea season. I can remember so many people having Mendy and 
their fantasies at the start. So it's just it's just unpredictable, isn't it? But that's why that's why we love it so much, I guess. Who would be? I'm going to say aside from Haaland because Haaland's just too obvious. But who would be your star player in FPL so far, and who would be your flop? Star player would have to be, I think I'd give it to Kieran Trippier. Um, Start of the season, five million. I was fortunate enough to start the season with him um, and he's just absolutely set the world light for Newcastle. Newcastle have looked so, so good and he's been a real focal point in that. And I think he's top for defensive points so far this season as well. And he's only going to rise in price. And I think he'll be a mainstay in our teams now for the season. Again, partly because we have so much value tied up in him. Um, But yeah, I a lot of that Newcastle side, Amron could also be within, within with a shout, so could Nick Pope mm-hmm. as well. Um, but Trippier would, would be the one that I would go for again for his attack and threat. And then flop of the season, I mean, I look straight to Liverpool and I don't quite know which of them <laughs> to give it to. It's going on Trent or it's going on Mo Salah, to be honest. Yeah. The two most premium in their positions, both not performing nearly at the level they should have done. I'd probably give it maybe slightly more to Trent because Salah has... A, had a couple of returns, whereas Trent basically only returned in that Bournemouth fixture, although Salah didn't. There have been a couple of times where Salah has done it. I would probably just about favour giving it to Trent over over Salah, but the pair of them for their price have just not not done it at all this season. And we expected eventually that there might be a drop-off from them, but it's nothing like the level <laughs> we've seen from them so far this season. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. Trippier has been great. I think if um, Callum Wilson wasn't injury prone, he probably would have been in with a shout because yeah. he's just such a finisher. And it'll be interesting to see who that second, third striker is for in the England squad. Would, who would you prefer after Kane? As a, as a Chelsea fan, I still have faith in in Tammy Abraham. So it would yeah. be it would be Tammy. And I, I think he's done enough that it should be him. Now, as a national team, and it's the same in other countries as well, Picking players who play abroad is not something we do a lot, and particularly yeah. a starting starting eleven. We see it for for other countries like the USA as well. Picking a lot of MLS players, we I don't necessarily see him getting a lot of minutes, but I think he's the best backup we've got. There's a lot of shouts for Ivan Tony at the moment, which I get, but also I then look and think Tammy Abraham's done what Tony's done for a longer period of time. He's yeah. proven it in more than one league, which is probably proven against a larger number of defences and he's done it in Europe as well. So I would probably go here. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I <laughs> still think he's the second best striker we've got. What do you think actually about um, Tamori? Do you think he's going to get in or not? Again, I don't think he will. I, I do look at the the back and think I have absolutely no idea who he is going to start as our yeah. two centre-backs going into the World Cup. Ben White, but he's playing right back for Arsenal at the moment. So I don't necessarily think he's going to go with him. John Stones, but he's been injured and he's only just getting back to fitness. If we're going to go straight into the World Cup with John Stones, who's hardly playing any minutes this season, I don't think it will be Maguire. And I think we're at the point where he's not going to play Maguire anymore, particularly because he's not having any minutes for Manchester United. I do think Tamori is good enough. I I definitely do. Um, I do watch a reasonable amount of Italian football, not as much as maybe I could do, but I think he's got it in him. But I do think it's the one position on the pitch where I think, I don't think anyone's actually at the quality we need if we're going to go and win a World Cup, really. I, I look at it and I don't know if I've missed anyone, but there's no one there I really look at and think, yeah, it's going to be you, especially after the recent Joe Gomez performance last week as well. It's not going to be him. Yeah, no one's shining the light in defence, especially. I actually... I think Maguire still has a chance of starting just because I think Southgate definitely favours players, which I guess sometimes as a national manager, you've got to do. Oh. And 
I, I'm not happy with it. Don't worry about that. But even if Reese James is injured, you've Trent's probably arguably not going to start or not even going to go. Trippy is probably going to start right back if Tri- James is injured. But James at least could have been right centre back for us, maybe if we needed it. Mm. Maybe you've got Walker there now. It is actually a real big issue because what we've been seeing in the friendlies coming up is Southgate's been priding himself so much on the defensive side of England. And then we're conceding every game now and well, getting battered sometimes. So God, it is stress. I don't, I don't know yeah. if he's coming home this time. I know. I, I also look on the left-hand side. Maybe he goes with Maguire if he's going to play Luke Shaw. I, I do think there's a lot of merit in playing domestic pairings together. So like when we had, if we played John Stones and Carl Walker, for example, yeah. even though I think Reese James should start over Carl Walker, if you're playing Carl Walker because you're playing John Stones next to him and they know how they play with each other, I, I get the reasoning behind that. If he's going to go Luke Shaw at left-back over Ben Chilwell, again, he seems to not favour Ben Chilwell. He, he and when Chelsea buyer seems to be coming out, but yeah. he's not a big fan of Ben Chilwell. Um, so maybe he is going to end up playing Luke Shaw because, again, he could play Trippier on the left-hand side, but we don't have enough right-back, so Trippier's going to have to play on the right-hand side. So if Shaw's starting then maybe he does go Maguire because, again, they've played with each other and it might give Maguire a little bit more familiarity with the players he's playing around him. But, yeah, the centre-back is is a, is a bit of a concern going into the World Cup for sure. I know we have segued a bit from fantasy, but I've just got asked now you from talked about your Chelsea bias. I saw Tuchel getting linked to the England job. Do you think he'd do bits for England? <laughs> I was shocked when he got when he got sacked for us. <laughs> Graham Potter has done a, a great job since he's come yeah. in. But I, I think Tuchel, whether he goes and takes England job, I think it's probably unlikely. But I think he's a really, really good manager. And, and I think he manages players well. And I think he plays very good football and is adaptable to situations which you quite need in a World Cup. So yeah. I think he would do well for us. I don't think it will happen. And I think <laughs> he'll go somewhere else and be quite successful as well. I think he's a top manager still. I just couldn't believe the link when I saw it either. No. But... I was quite happy as a Palace fan for Potter to go because I do think his job at Brighton was very underrated whilst he was there. Yeah. So he's he's looking good at the moment. So it, it it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Game week 14 is going to be interesting. The World Cup is going to be interesting. That's it for today. A massive thanks for listening and a massive thank you to Harry for coming on. This has been Toto Football. I'm at Luke underscore Seychelles. This is at FPL underscore Harry. You also have a YouTube as well. Yes, YouTube, FPL Harry as well. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. Love chatting FPL and England as well. Nice tangent as well at the end there. Massive thanks for coming on and we'll see you later.